Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to another Porsche Cool podcast, uh, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, once again, we're going to have Steve um, joining us by Zoom. Uh, Steve is in Australia. Steve is a GT3 owner, if you don't know already. He's also owned a 964 and a 993, and this is a podcast where Steve and I chat every week. Uh, it goes up every Friday on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. Uh, and it's also put up on my YouTube channel, Michael Bath, if you want to watch it or listen to it, I should say, on YouTube. There's really not many, there's really not any visuals. Every now and again, I may put some visuals up there, but it's usually just the audio track. Um, and for those of you who know, when it goes up on YouTube, it does have ads in the video. Uh, if you listen to it through just the, your app, app, podcast suppliers, uh, obviously there's no ads. This is not a sponsored podcast or anything. In saying that, we do have a uh, Porsche Cooled membership set up through um, Patreon. So if you want to go over there and check that out, it's Patreon. if you go to Patreon and you just uh, search patreon.com and you just search for Porsche Cooled, you can become a Porsche uh, Cooled member and help support the podcast. Um, we have... Uh, Two members there at the moment. We have uh, Tim and we have Justin who just signed up uh, this week. So thank you to both of them for becoming the first two members of the Porsche Cool podcast. Anyway, without further ado, as they say, I will get Steve on the line through Zoom. Hopefully we've got good audio again today and we'll start talking uh, Porsche. Okay, so we're back. Um, Steve is here. Hi, Steve. Hey, mate. Hey, again. Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are your levels? Not are they good? Bad. Um, <laughs> I always ask that because... Because um, I fucked it up last time. <laughs> no, I ask that because uh, yeah, I actually... Right. I actually uh, and, if, and I'll get onto this, but Nick, who I did the Porsche stories with last night, I asked him to update uh, to uh, up his levels and they're actually a bit hot. Yeah. I shouldn't have actually asked him to update his levels. So I had to bring them down. So it's best if you just oh, decide right. if your levels are right and then we can go on with that. But anyway, welcome back. Uh, as I said... Um, this is our regular episode. This is Friday's episode. Uh, Steve is here. And um, just a bit of an update for... Actually, the first thing is last week we did an episode on the 996, Steve, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems the 996 is a very hot topic. Uh, and I guess that must be... It's a hot topic. And I guess it's it's probably... Um, what am I trying to say? The prices reflect that, I guess, because the prices are definitely on the rise on 996. You can see it. Um, so I think what we'll do is we're going to have um, a couple of more uh, 996 chats and they'll probably be in the um, the Tuesday episode of the Porsche School podcast, which is the Porsche stories or Porsche stories, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to get, uh, we're going to have uh, one guy who's going to talk about his uh, 996 Cabriolet, uh, who's yeah. from Australia. Um, and we're also, I think, uh, James, the daughter amateur is going to come on and talk about his Porsche passion and his, uh, his Porsche journey, etc. Uh, probably about his Porsche, uh, the 996 project and his channel and, and his own three, uh, generations of air cooled 911. So that should be a good, um, that should be a Porsche story. So that's coming up in the, in the next few weeks. Is James, like when he posts, sorry, when James posts a video, like, is it, um, sort of current, like... I don't watch all of them and stuff. Sorry, James. But um, uh, like, is his car almost? Do you know where his car is at? Is it almost finished? I I don't know actually. I know that people. I know that he was picking the color out and he put the color up on Instagram, um, which is yeah. supposed to be Bali or Bali if you're in the US. Bali blue. Um, yeah. And I did send a message to him about it because I thought it was a bit dark because I saw a three five six color 
and I thought it was actually yeah. a better a better blue in my opinion. But it it probably would look good on the nine 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 six. But I just thought it should have been a slightly brighter, lighter blue. But I think the last mm. thing he was doing, he was getting it um, painted. Painted. Um, if people yeah, don't okay. know who we're talking about, this is Auto Amateur on YouTube, which is James, uh, who's currently owns a nine nine one Carrera, and he owns a nine nine six. Carrera, which he did a thing called Project 996. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out anyway because on YouTube, Auto Amateur, just do that search. Uh, I always assume people know what we're talking about, but I've realized that sometimes people actually don't know <laughs> what we're talking about. And I should give it yep. some type of, Steve, some type of explanation. Basic yep. documentary um, documentary uh, advice, right? I read up some of those, those mm -hmm. things online about documentaries since you pushed me towards it. That's because um, Michael was talking about um, talking to other enthusiasts just about their kind of stories and I was suggesting I'd, I d did a little bit of tinkering working on a documentary um, on the side and it's a real art to um, talk to people that you don't know and sort of kind of get interesting conversation out of people. Um, I know I can't do it because I'm like a massive introvert. So Yeah, the poor anyway. stories as... You know, as I said to you, and, and we agree, is that they have to be more conversational. You know what I mean? I don't want to do a, I don't want to do like a yeah. YouTube Q and A thing where it's just question and answer. No. So it has to be, you know, it's more conversational. Um, and I know I had someone ask me yeah. yesterday, you know, that, that they've, they've never done this before, a poor story sort of thing, and, and what does it involve? Um, yeah. So I guess I need to explain that a little bit more to people. But I guess when the first one comes out, and, and getting back to that, last night I recorded the first one, as you know, the first Porsche Stories, yep. number one, and that's Nick from the UK. Uh, Nick is the guy that I've been mentioning before, who I went for a drive with down to um, Goodwood, and Nick owns a Carrera 4S, um, which he will talk about in that episode, which is coming up next Tuesday. Um, so mm -hmm. make sure you um, check out that one and look out for that one. Uh, if you're listening, because that is on uh, this one will be on Friday, which you're listening to now, and the next one will be on Tuesday. So the one with Nick last night was good. It went for about an hour. I told him 25 minutes, so luckily he had time to spare because <laughs> we actually went way over 25 minutes. But I think with the Porsche story, Steve, I mean, you know, they can mm. be anywhere if anyone wants to come on on the on the podcast and talk about their Porsche and their, you know, their. And it doesn't have to be a 911. It could be it could be a Boxster. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be a 911. Yeah. It's just a Porsche story. Um, yep. But I think, you know, if you can talk for 25 minutes about your car, then then don't worry so much because that's all it is. I mean, if you want to talk for longer, we can go for longer. So that's that's where it is at the moment. Yeah, cool. Cars. Cars I've seen during the week. I just want to talk about this, and I mentioned to this before. I just want to talk about mm. a few cars which stood out, you know what I mean, because I'm always looking at things, you know, in the UK and the US, as you know. Yep. And yep. There is a site which I follow on Instagram called U Automobiles. I don't know whether you've seen that one, Steve. I think it's in Miami. No, I, I think it's in Miami, no. and he tends to have a few Porsches, actually. I think he's got a GT3 in yellow there. I think he's got a couple of GT3s. He had a GT2. Quite a few, quite a few uh, nice Porsches. Um, mm. But the one that stood out is he had a white Carrera for sale. So he had a 1989, yep. which is like what your uncle had, right? Wasn't Didn't your uncle have a late model Carrera, 80s? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, so it's... Um, it's, it's full wild tail and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's a 911. It's a two-door uh, coupe, not, yep. a, not, a, um, not a cab. It's G50, yep. obviously, five-speed G50 gearbox. Uh, it's yep. in Grand Prix white, which they're calling rare. Yep. I don't know whether Grand Prix white was a... I, can't, I don't know if the colour was a limited colour, but I'm was guessing it, it was. Um, that wasn't rare, was it? Not in I Australia. Think, My yeah. uncle had one. 
Yeah, I thought white was just the common colour in those G50 yeah. um, Carreras. And it has, so but it has an interesting interior. I mean, it's you automobiles. You should have a look at the side if you haven't been to it, if you're listening. But it's got a mahogany leather interior. Um, so it actually works really, really well. And this car is immaculate. Like if you were, if you're mm. in the US or even in Australia and you wanted to transport, you know, send this over or buy it. But mm. it's only got 62,000 miles. Um, do you want me to send you the link? Yeah, sure. And it's, I think it's, it's only got, it's about 85,000. 85, uh, it's got 61,999 miles and it's uh, 84,900. And it's, it's a pretty nice example. Like uh, not many of these examples like this come up in Australia. I know that for sure. Um, I think I worked it out and if you actually got it sent to Australia, it would be very, very expensive. Um, I guess you could get it sent cool. to... Because I was looking into Bahrain. Because Bahrain, I, I thought you could only... You can't send cars to Bahrain that are over, I think, five years old now. I think it used to be nine years right. old. Um, but you can send classics to Bahrain. So I was thinking, oh, left-hand drive. You could send it to Bahrain for a bit, have it there. Then you could send it back to the UK and have it here. <laughs> and then do some trips through Europe next year. And, and then eventually send it back to Australia. So that was one mm. of my crazy thoughts. But I think it's quite a nice example. It looks pretty immaculate. Looks great. I'm trying to get to the mahogany bit. I'm trying to work out what colour. Um, if is mahogany brown or is it reddish? No, it's. I think it's brown. No, it's brown. But yeah. it, it it's not that normal tan colour that they do. It's not that usual. Uh, yeah. That tan colour. Like a camel colour. Yeah. Yeah. Or cashmere, yeah. I think it's called. Is it? Because they're calling it mahogany. Like that's a colour. Um, I'm trying to find the other one for you as well. So the other one. Uh, there's a 964 for sale. There's an auction on in mm-hmm. the UK called uh, Classic Car Auctions, which I think is – sorry, mm-hmm. I keep not talking into the microphone. I've got to be very careful today because I was doing that last no. night. Um, it's fine. called uh, Classic Car Auctions. I just sent you the link, Steve. And there's another car mm-hmm. for sale there, which is a 964, uh, 964, which I think is actually quite a good price. Uh, it's a left-hand driver, though. It's a left hooker, as you say. And the estimate mm-hmm. is 40,000 to 50,000 pounds. And it's a Carrera 2, 1990 Carrera 2, um, mm-hmm. for estimate 40 to 50,000 pounds at Classic Car Auctions, which is under Silverstone Auctions, I think, in the UK. And it's an online mm-hmm. auction, so you can, you can bid for it anywhere in the world. Um, and I don't think it has a lot of kilometers either. 40, oh, it's only got miles, sorry. It's got 45,000 miles, which is not that much, which is what, 80,000 kilometers. So that's a pretty good price at, at fifty thousand pounds. That's like eighty thousand Australian dollars, Steve. So I have to compare yep. that to the you know the green the green oak one that I was telling you about last week. Yep. Did you see that one on yep. car sales in Australia? So that yes, green oak did. one is one hundred and fifty thousand Australian dollars. So yep. my thought was, mm, I could get a nine six four if it's a nineteen ninety, which is thirty years old, which you can bring into Australia. It doesn't matter because it's left hand drive. It's okay. It's over thirty. But right. you can get it potentially at a, maybe a better price. But then you've got to add on duty and freight and everything. So it's probably it's probably still going to get up to around one hundred and twenty thousand Australian landed though, around about one twenty thousand, one ten, one twenty. So you reckon um, it'd be a funny experience driving on the wrong side of the road, wrong side of the car, in like a left-hand drive car and a right-hand drive market. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know, for some reason in my head, I think it's okay in a 912 yeah. because a 912 is so old. But I think, yeah. and 912s really are, you know, 
there's not I don't know if there's any right hand drive 912s because most of them seem to be left handed even even in the UK here the ones for sale are all left hand drives I don't know if they even made yeah. them in right hand drive um, so 911s it's kind of weird stuff like Going going through a drive through McDonald's or you know you don't have to pay a toll anymore, but um, just weird stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's a bit weird. I remember years ago when I was a kid, they used to have to have left hand drive like like on like decals on the back of the car, and there'd always be yeah, these yeah, Ameri- yeah. big American like Cadillacs or something, and it'd have left hand yeah. drive vehicle. And I remember as a kid seeing it, thinking, "Man, that's so weird." You know what I mean? Yeah. One, the size of the yeah. car was enormous, like. How big are the streets in America? This is before I even went to America, obviously. And then yeah. how could you drive a car like that? You know what I mean? So odd. Yeah. It's funny how green cars are... Sorry. Yeah. Very funny how um, green cars are all the rage at the moment. I'm not quite sure what I... know, I... and you're not a big fan, remember? Yeah. I had a green car. I had a green Golf VR6. I don't know if you remember that one. Yes, I do. The... What was that? A Mark Three, the first VR6. And mm. that was in Dragon Green. Hmm. Um, and it had a saffron BMW saffron yellow interior. Um, oh, did I know it? it's very different from a 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, really I don't remember that part. That was yeah, very, was really cool. very brave of you at the time, Steve. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's just there's this massive kind of upsurge in green being such a popular kind of um, color, particularly like when with all the paint to sample. Yeah. Um, Porsches, and I'm not quite sure what I think of it. It's quite fashionable. It is. It's a bit like blue watches. If you're into watches and Rolex, I mean, yeah, watches yeah. are always blue. And I think the prime, ex- the prime example of that is Apple's new release today, and they're doing a blue aluminium watch. You know what I mean? Because you know anything that's mm. blue, if it's Tudor, if it's Rolex, if it's AP, yeah. uh, you know yeah. anything with a blue face at the moment, you can't get. And there's a double. You know, it's like yeah. 100% premium. I'm trying to buy one on the grey market. So. It's like yeah. blue with watches and it's, and it's, well, actually green with watches too, right? It's all related to well, fashion. it was green and then it went to blue, yeah. Yeah, but now the Rolex subs in green again, you know, it's kind of yeah. the green thing yeah. is happening. But I remember when that uh, 996 convertible was for sale at Auto House Hamilton and you thought I was a bit crazy by saying I was interested in it just recently and it was a manual 996 cab and it only yep. had 42,000 kilometers on it and it sat there for a while. This yep. is during the beginning of Corona. I have to tell you, I still, in my head, think that was a really good buy. That car is like, it's just going to, like, you could sell it tomorrow for 60. And you want to know why I reckon you could sell it for more right right away? And I don't know whether this is, this is, I don't know whether this is a new exhibit. And that was in green, remember? Yeah. That was in forest green metallic or whatever as well. And I don't know whether yeah. this is a new exhibit at the Porsche Museum, but I saw on Instagram, they've got a mm. 996 Cabriolet in silver with the hard top roof on it with a surfboard. Mm-hmm on display at the Porsche Museum. Yeah, right. And this, and this goes to my new theory, and you're going to like this one, is that Cabriolets uh-huh. have been, you know, the, the, unwanted, the unwanted 911 for a while, you know, especially in yeah. 993s, 964s, and 996. I reckon yeah. that's changing. I think that Cabriolets are having a, having a bit of a, a, a rebirth. I think people are starting to look at them and go, huh, I can get a 964 cab for 100k manual in Australia, right? Yeah. Or I can get a 964 yep. coupe for 150. You're still getting a 964. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you think I'm right or do you think I'm wrong? I think people are starting to look at cabs again. And I think this exhibit at Porsche Museum kind of, kind of shows that it, it could be changing. It could be changing. Yeah. Uh, 
no offense to kind of cab owners, but um, it's not my cup of tea. Um, I just sort of think like I know that they sort of say these days they're equally as rigid and all of that sort of stuff, so you don't get the scuttle shake and everything. But um, regardless of that, like because you know um, I'm sure it's stiff enough to kind of drive. Sp- uh, go for a kind of good sort of spin, you know, down the twisties. But um, in a, say, for example, a 992 or a 991. But I think also with the 911 cabs, it's just got that really um, heavy rear end. Like it's even just the shape of it when the um, roof's folded back um, just doesn't look um, that good to me. So Yeah, obviously when it... Though. Yeah, you're right. When it went to the 996, it obviously got a lot cleaner, but the 964 and 993 are a bit, you know, a bit clunky. Yeah, even even speedsters, like the 964 and the 993 speedsters, they're sort of like um, so highly revered, but to my eyes, aesthetically, I'm just going to go, ah, looks quite, um, you know, with the two humps at the back and everything, just looks a bit kind of bulky. Except the 991, the 991's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, but that's the earlier different. ones, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm just wondering if that's why the convert, why the cabs in my in my head, I reckon they're they're, they're coming back and their prices are going to go up because of the speedster, because people are looking yeah. at the speedster and the speedster's not achievable. People are thinking mm, maybe the cab's not so bad. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't know. Could Porsche's be. a weird market. You know, like like we keep saying, if you miss it, you miss it. You know what I mean? Like something is 20 yeah. grand and the next week it's 100 grand and you just missed it something just happened like you said with the 964s last week you know all of a sudden they're yeah. hated and not wanted and all, then all of a sudden they're they're more popular than 993 and more yeah. expensive hard hard to tell and hard to kind of it's i guess it's easy to to dismiss it as being fashionable the same way I was just kind of suggesting that green was sort of like this kind of weird in thing at the moment but um but it is know, just sort of Mm. moves around but the green is weird though it has become super popular hasn't it i mean it started with people mm. getting pts in um 911 9 uh, was it gt3 tourings and things like that you see pictures and speedsters and it, it really has gone a bit crazy the green um and Even like you said specking, it, like on um pt what is it ptrs the instagram that will lee guy yep. um uh, when people like, I've just it's just caught my eye recently where people spec um, their painter sample 992 or 991 Speedster in um, British Racing Green. Is like, I always as- just associate British Racing Green with Jags, not Porsches. <laughs> so it yeah. just sort of feels like a funny combination. Yeah, and I guess that that is the main thing, right? It's not really a German color, and these colors are the racing colors, right? The, the colors are yeah. basically the racing colors, and green was never really a not to my knowledge, it wasn't a Porsche traditional no. heritage racing color. It's just a color no. that was introduced. I don't even know what, what, I mean, obviously the 912 comes in Irish green and the 912 is, if you get, find a 912 yeah. in Irish green, it always, it always fetches more money than another color. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the car that I saw on bring a trailer that sold that the guy put in a, it sold last week and he put in one big auction of one big bid of 150,000. I think it was us. He just sort of mm. jumped up and, um, you know, and and he and people were saying, you know, orange always fetches a good co- a yeah. good price in nine elevens. It's always that orange color. Um, yeah. So that leads me to another one on Bring a Trailer as well, which um, you should check out. It's, mm. There's a nine eleven T on there, a nineteen sixty nine nine eleven T on mm. Bring a Trailer, and it's fifty thousand miles. It's uh, five speed. Um, it's I'm going to send you the link now, Steve, so you can see it while we're talking about it. 
But I think if you were buying a classic, and of course the 911T or 911E or 911S is, is probably probably still better than getting a 912. Um, when I talk about 912s, yeah. and someone asked me about the other day, have I forgotten about the 912? I haven't actually forgotten about it. I'm going to talk about one after this. Um, but the 912 is because the price is very good and it literally looks like the, you know, the 60s 911s because it's pretty much the same except yeah. for the engine. But as you can see, this 911T in Tangerine, which is a pretty nice cool. example, Tangerine is sitting is nice. at yeah, sitting at 80k already. Um, if you check Bring a Trailer, just do a search for 911T if the listeners are listening and want to have a look at this car. But it's, you know, obviously it's this is a flat six. It's not a four cylinder like the 912 uh, manual. Mm. Tangerine, 15-inch Fuchs wheels, and then he's the seats have got the leatherette sport seats with Pepita, but you also get the original seats with it. It comes with the original seats as well. So, because I think those seats are not, they're not Porsche seats. I think they're aftermarket seats. Those ones with the leatherette. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, but I reckon that's a pretty good one. If you had the money, like that orange, that's if you want one air cooled 911. I think the 911T, mm-hmm. I don't know whether the 69 is a good year. I think the 70 was a better year from memory. I think people say the 70 or 71 was a better year. But I'm not an expert on 911Ts. I know nothing about old Porsches, so. Yeah. But, you know, those prices, those prices being high, I think, is what's happening with the 912 market, Steve. The 912 market, it's mm. definitely going up. It's definitely getting, it's going to be, and I know you said that you spoke to someone who was a Porsche uh, enthusiast in Sydney and they, they thought that the 912 was overpriced um, for what it is. And yep. a prime example of this is that Sand Beige 1969. 1969 was a slightly longer wheelbase, so it actually handled better. Um, it was mm-hmm. the last the last year of the 912 before they discontinued it. I mean, they only had the 912 running from 65 to 69. And that guy yep. in um, Melbourne has the sand beige one, which, you know, I'm still really keen on. Tasha, my wife, hates the colour. Tasha thinks the colour is boring in that. She thinks it should be a bit brighter <laughs> colour. Because um, yep. it's beige and beige, right? It's beige and beige. It's beige yep. and sand interior. But I think in the in the 912, it kind of works. And Zuckerman has that yeah, colour yeah. in it. Zuckerman has that colour in a 911. Zuckerman from Spike's right. Car Radio, he has that in a 911, but his interior is black. So obviously a black interior mm. would have been better. But that guy had it listed during the start of Corona, and I, I think I emailed him or messaged him um, in the beginning mm. to ask him some to see a photo of underneath the car, and he didn't have one. Um, mm. And it was listed at 82500 Australian dollars. I thought it had sold. Last week it reappears. Right. Same seller, same yep. owner. He obviously just yep. pulled it. Now he's trying to sell it for $92,500. <laughs> So at least he didn't just up the price when it was still live. He took it off for a few months and then he put it back on. So it's ten thousand dollars more. He's a listener. He's he's waiting for you to kind of hype hype the hell out of the well, market. Well, I think it's I think it's and I can see on I can see watching bring a trailer auction, Steve. That the prices are jumping though. They really are jumping. Mm. Um, where else are we? And you said you saw a GT3 that you liked during the week or someone who lives near your, in your area, right? Yeah, I won't say where I live. I'd rather not. But um, just it's funny. I go, I, uh, I take my dog for a walk every morning and where I do live, I think people just tend to kind of go for a bit of a blat, um, take their kind of cars out. And either that or there's some weird little GT3 society um, around the corner from me because um i keep seeing a car that's very similar to mine like a white white 997.1 gt3 with silver wheels and i'm always listening out for it now because i'm curious to see if it's got what the exhaust sounds like um and one day i saw it following a 
what I thought was Riviera or Mexico blue 991.2. Yeah. And then I think I sent it to you during the week. I just noticed an ad kind of came up and yeah. um, there's a guy, pretty funny ad. He's sort of talking Yeah, no, about, it's funny. It's funny. I thought it was... Talking about the fact that he's put on six kilos and has to sell the car, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, it can no longer fit into the lightweight buckets because he's put on weight. So that's why he's getting rid of the car. But if he loses weight, he'll full, keep it. <laughs> I think yeah. it's quite a good ad. It's quite... It's, it's, full it full marks for... Yeah, exactly, for um, making your ad a little bit more interesting. But um, I noticed um, it was a few suburbs away from where I am. So it's like, oh, maybe maybe that's the this kind of car that keeps... Like, I've seen it twice kind of coming up the street as I've been walking the dog. So Yeah, I think I think it's pretty nice. I, I always have... We, I know we speak about this privately, but it's mm. like, that's Miami Blue. You know, and we always... And when the green one comes up, there was a green one that came up for sale, a GT3, the Lizard Green or whatever yep. it is. And you think, yep. you know, you like that color, but how long can you live with that color? You know, which color could you yeah. live with for longer? And I think you're probably right. I think the Miami blue you could actually live with for longer than the lizard green. I think the lizard green, you would, it would tire on you. I think it would scare you. One morning you come out and you go, I can't I live with this so. color anymore. I have <laughs> yeah. to get, ri- I I have to so. get rid of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was interesting with the Miami blue one that's come up for sale, this one you're talking about, which is a manual 991.2 mm. GT3. Um, it's, yep. I think it's about 330 odd Australian dollars. And then Auto House Hamilton just listed the same 991.2 GT3 in GT Silver, but it's a PDK and it's $299. So are manuals fetching that much more? Because it's pretty much similar spec, right? Except the one in Auto House was PDK. Um, I didn't actually compare them, to be perfectly honest. Um, And it might. I think it's Club Sport. It might also be because. uh, Miami or it, it's Miami, isn't it? It's Miami, yeah, Miami Blue. Blue. Um, not Riviera. No. Maybe that that would have been paint to sample, wouldn't it? Uh, it's a cust- special color on the configurator. Or, it's not sorry, paint special to sample. Color. Yeah. Riviera Blues. It's a PDS. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe there's a premium for that as well. Um, compared to silver, which is you know, yes. no offense, but silver just is sort of first. like a more standard color. Yeah, you're right. Silver's the first tier, and then custom colors. I think Miami Blue's in with um, crayon. It's in that group. There's that small group. I think yep. Carmine Red and crayon or chalk, as they call it, and um, yep. Miami Blue. Um, right. I think Riviera yep. Blue's a better color. There was a guy in Sydney that had a Riviera Blue one. I remember I saw it on Renlist. He posted on Renlist, but I think he lived in South Australia. And it, I think mm-hmm. it actually came up for sale a while back, and I think I might have sent you the link, and it was Riviera Blue. Yep. To me, Riviera Blue is a nicer I could live with Riviera Blue for longer, I think. It's a nicer color. It's a bit darker, right? It's got a slightly... They're very similar, though, aren't they? I'm pretty sure that um, you, you uh, once you're kind of in tune with the differences, I'm sure you could pick it. But I think, like, to a layman, you probably wouldn't really um, sort yeah. of notice the difference. It's just that really kind of punchy sort of cyan blue. Mm. It depends on the country as well, you know. Like, I see these bright colors in Bahrain and they really do work. You know, I see, you know, when you see the lava orange in Bahrain and the lizard green, I've seen both of them. And they, mm. they just really work there. And I think it's because of all the beige landscape, you know, because it's all beige buildings yeah, and right. sand, basically. But I think it does work. And the, the color that looks yeah. so different in Bahrain, uh, and uh, a friend of Natasha's father, where he lived in this um, mm. quite expensive sort of compound. Across, someone had the crayon chalk, um, Carrera S in crayon chalk. And yep. the color just looks so different in Bahrain. Like, I thought it was a different color. It looked completely different. It looked more gray. It looked like fashion gray or something, that old fashion gray color yep. that Porsche do. 
it's weird how the light plays tricks, you know, like on, on the color. And that, that's what I think is bad when you're picking a car from people you see on forums, like you might be someone in the US or somewhere wherever, or Europe. And then you order the car in Australia and the colour just looks completely different with the light and everything in... I think it's know, also from photographs. Yeah. Because um, particularly, you know, with um, Instagram filters and stuff like that or like if you're kind of halfway handy with Photoshop, like um, trying to get an accurate kind of colour representation. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's so much easier to make something look good on screen, but in real life it's very different. Yeah, and I hate this trend at the moment. You've probably seen it. When people are selling cars, they always up the contrast on everything. It's like the, the yeah, photos so it was are ridiculously so, shiny. <laughs> yeah, the contrast. And you can't – I think there was a car on Bring a Trail and someone said, can you just put some normal photos up so I can actually see what it looks like? Because it just yeah. – it's so difficult to see the car when it's when it's fil- – the filters are like that. Yeah, we were talking – remember we were talking about an ad. Um, probably shouldn't point out exactly which one it was, but there was a car that was just sort of sold that had some professional shots um, of it. And I just I, – I thought that that was a little bit – Funny, like I know you want to sort of show your car in its best light, but if I was a buyer, I don't want to see sort of like magazine style shots of the car to kind of judge it. I actually want to see, you know, sort of normal shots that where I can sort of try to pick the condition of it. Yeah, I know. I'm the same. And that's coming from like an art director, so. Well, I think, I think the problem is when, you buy, when so many people now are quite comfortable buying cars online, like it's quite weird how mm. it's, it really has changed, right? And I think, I mean, US mm. is, that's for sure, with Bring a Trailer and all these sites and PCAR Market. People are keen on doing it. You've, you've got to give a photo that's a true representation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's too hard when it's just an online thing. And obviously the videos are fine. You can see the video and you can see the driving videos and things like that. So um, it's funny how quickly mm. things have changed, right? But even if it was, pretend you were in Sydney and you were, um, you know, you're ready to kind of take the plunge on your um, GT3, like you'd be buying a used one and you wouldn't necessarily just be buying it from Sydney. So there's a good chance that you'll be looking at photos of a car in Melbourne or you yeah, know, WA or something like that. So, true. I mean, I bought my car from Melbourne. I never saw it. Um, yeah, true. You, you, you just can't tell. Um, anyway. Yeah. And then you get it and you realize this, there are some imperfections, as you noticed when you got your car, right? Little yeah, bits here exactly. and there with the paint that weren't up to your standards, but your your standards are very high. So everyone knows your standards are very high. Steve is yeah. the king of washing and waxing. He's he's even better than me. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. You haven't seen Nick Murray's video, so we won't talk about that. But uh, we might talk about that in another episode. I yeah, think I'll I was, watch it. Um, mm, go he, on. Um, he's obviously picked himself up a nine nine three, so I was kind of curious as to. Um, but I noticed in the thumbnail that it's a it's a cab. He picked up a 993 Cabriolet. He basically had a list of all the things he wanted and basically all he got was the fact that he wanted a 993 and he wanted a manual. He didn't want a cab. Mm-hmm. He wanted one with low mm-hmm. miles. It didn't have low miles, but he seems quite happy with it. There seems to be a couple of people in the comments who, who are not so happy, but they don't sort of understand why he's bought something so like beat up, so well-worn. Um, I can understand why he's done it. Anyway, watch the video. We'll talk about it another time. Um, but that means he's selling his that 928, which I mentioned to Nick last night uh, when I was doing the podcast with Nick on mm. Porsche Owner Stories. He is keen on a 928, and I reckon if you want to buy a 928 and you want to buy a left-handed one, buy the one off Nick Murray because he's just had it resprayed. It's apparently like it looks pretty immaculate. So mm. um, if it's Never had a gun ex- one. I've always wanted to always wanted to try it, but I, I do remember once um, I was visiting Auto House and um, Grant, the owner, um, saw me kind of eyeing up like, what looked like a really cool 928 and he sort of shook his head at me and sort of said not for you Steve yeah. <laughs> and I sort of said to him why and he said uh, 
the electrics, he just sort of said like the, the electricals on are pretty kind of curly, so they can be kind of dear if, if they kind of mess it um, Yeah, well, Nick, kind of Nick's, Nick Murray said in his video last night that the previous owner, he reckons he only paid 36K for it on Picar Market. He bought it off Picar Market. Mm. And he said the previous owner spent, I think, don't quote me, but I think he said 30,000 odd dollars fixing up mm. all the electrics. So he thought because the previous mm. owner had put so much into fixing that side of it, which is obviously an issue with the 928, like he just said, mm. he put the money into fixing up the exterior. I guess a lot of people are going to say, well, that 928 looks immaculate. It's a really good one. He said he can't have three cars because he's only got a two-car garage. So he's already got mm. the Macan and he's got the 993. I know people are going to say, mm. why wouldn't you keep it? You know what I mean? Because it is a, it's only going to appreciate that 928. And, and it's yeah. in the green as well, green over tan, you know, yep. the, the color yep. of the moment. Um, so tell us about, uh, tell us about um, the 997. I think you can talk about it. You said you could. About the 997 you saw at um, yeah. the leather guy in I Sydney. Forgot. I forgot. So I went to visit... Um, how do I explain the story? Oh, okay. So like, um, John from Pro Stitch, who I think we've mentioned before, um, sort of did a little bit of stuff for me. What do you do? Like the, um, RS style door pulls and the, um, console lid. Um, and I Sorry, Steve. heard about them. Have you done the console lid? Have you? Yeah. 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 Remember? You got it's it got back. The, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you send me a photo of that? Yeah, I did. Okay. You probably you were probably looking more at the um, silly gear knob than you were at no, the actual kind right, of lid. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, so it's all in that. But anyway, so um, uh, discovered John, who I knew, knew had been around, but um, went to kind of visit, and he had just mentioned that um, in a couple of weeks he was about to kind of work on nine nine seven for a customer, and I was kind of semi sort of just having a chat, but also sort of scoping it out for you because I know that um, uh, I guess I've been encouraging you with regards to um, your center console. So I basically sort of said to John, oh, like, you know, can you tell me how much it would cost to kind of redo the center console in leather um, for Michael? And he sort of said, well, it's funny that you say that, like I've probably got a car kind of coming in in a couple of weeks. Um, why don't you kind of let, let me start working on the car and I'll kind of come back to you. And I just said, oh, like, if you don't mind, um, if you're kind of working on it, I'll come and visit you and just have a kind of, have a little look. Um, so uh, I won't sort of divulge too much because I don't quite know exactly how much I can talk about. But it was really interesting because this car was sort of, um, it's a project car. Um, the The dude that's kind of got it is obviously... He's put some Fuchs style, like sport classic type wheels, a ducktail. So it's very, very much inspired by the um, the limited edition sport classic, the thing with that was in grey with the centre stripes and the yep. the double hump thing on the, the one um, I love. on the roof. Yeah, really, really beautiful um, sort of special edition thing. So I guess inspired by that, but. Um, I went and had a look at um, John's work. So this is John at Pro Stitch, and he's really bloody good. Like um, his craftsmanship, um, you know. Like I've sort of, I'm not sort of saying I'm a connoisseur of interiors, but I have seen, you know, various kind of retrims in my da- time, and um, John's stuff is well up there. Like he'd um, done the completely done the seats, put a little bit of piping um, detail um, on the seats in black napa 
Um, I remember, Michael, you once sort of said to me, oh, do, you re- do you reckon it's okay to kind of retrim like a dash? Yeah. And uh, because I, I know what you're sort of saying, like you've got to rip a dash out and, um, you know, like, will it look any good? Um, John had done that, that to this 996 and it was amazing. Um, you know, I'd... Yeah. It'd be interesting though, Steve, to know how much that costs for the dash because the, the, the Porsche part, which mm. was on Suncoast, I don't know whether it still is, was five and a half thousand mm. US dollars for that part, mm-hmm. not including the fitting and whatever. So it'd be interesting to see how it would compare to get it done custom or to get it the actual part fitted. Yeah, and like I'm obviously not for me to speak on um, John's behalf at all. I have no idea about the money, but I had I had my 993 dash redone, and I remember saying to you, it's like if you get somebody good, um, they'll do an amazing job. Like just some of the detail, like on um, this car that John was working on, the dash looks brilliant. He did some embossing on the seat headrest and on the console lid, like with the crest. And you know how you pointed out um, how you think the factory bit was quite. Um, sharper than the picture that you'd sort of seen yep. um, of an aftermarket one. Like yep. I looked at that and that was pretty good. Um, yeah. So closer than closer than Design LS's console. I yet. can't tell because I hadn't seen that one, um, yeah. obviously, in person. Yeah. Um, and jo- look, John was just talking me through like some of the bits that he'd done. I found it quite interesting because he was, you know, I asked him what leather he was using and it was Napa. And he sort of, um, he'd done, you know, like the, um, I've got them in my car. I bought them from Exclusive Option. Uh, the door spears, the bit that goes oh, around yes. the window switches yeah, yeah. on the doors yeah. that you quite like. Yeah, nice touch. Um, uh, I, I, know, I sort of was looking at it and he sort of said, yeah, like they're really tricky. And, you know, what you have to do is um, with the black napper, you've actually got to um, shave it down to make it much, much, much thinner because then you're obviously kind of wrapping sort of like a curved surface mm, mm. Um, to stop it from buckling. And like my my exclusive option ones, they're good, but you can tell it's a li- there's a little bit of buckling in it. Um, just the craft of what they do. Yeah, yeah the craft. See, it sounds like John at Pro Stitch is very much like um, Design LS, Lean Asset Design LS. Because when I asked him about mm. my sun visors, and I was a bit mm. distressed by the plastic um, mirror wasn't covered in leather. And I noticed yep. ex- uh, exclusive options ones were online. I know yours are not, but I know now he, he there are some that he does actually cover the whole thing. Uh, Linas, right. Linas told me the exact same thing. He said, if you want the mirrors covered, I can do it. It's not cheap because I have to shave it down and, and cover mm. it in a different way so that it all closes and it all works. Um, yeah. So I guess that's similar to the thing, but maybe the way John at Pro Stitch was saying with the door spears doing it, you won't get the the switch sticking. So maybe he's a better person to get the door spears done. See, from what you show me in those pictures, Steve, I think the things that are interesting mm. to me is is the fact that you know you said the door, and the, I'll get back to the, I'll say about the door spears actually because you said how the switches mm. stick a bit. See the door spears, I don't want to buy them and have to install them, and I know I think you had to get yours installed by Auto House, right? You could didn't install the spears yourself. Yeah, did I can't you? remember. Yeah, I yeah. think it's quite complicated. It wasn't me. Yeah, I saw the video online on how you still, they're not easy. So I think something yep. like that, I wouldn't have a problem going to John, like to do the, to John at Pro Stitch, like to do the door spears, because it's a bit of a hassle. And also, like you said, the full, the center console, the lower center console, not the lid, the whole console. Um, I think those yeah. two things, I think those two things I would get, I would get him to do. I think that would be, because it has to be taken out, refitted, you know, you can use your part, you know what I mean? You don't have your car for yeah, a while, yeah, it doesn't he'd matter. Also- just to round it out, like I'm probably sort of selling his wares a little bit, but I really was that impressed with um, the car that I saw because he'd um, 
he told me that, you know, some of the soft touch plastics, you know, he'd kind of had them refinished, um, like resprayed and refinished, which is kind of pretty cool. He'd had the seat belts redone, like rewebbed um, to match the colour, um, which I know that at one point you were sort of pondering whether or not to kind of put silver um, belts yeah. in your car. That interests me um, too, the, seat, to the, the rewebbing thing. It interests me as well to know mm. how much that would cost. I mean, I'd like to go and see him when I come back to Sydney, that's for sure, just to, just yeah, to yeah, see yeah. what and is he's possible. He's cool. He, he's obviously um, very good at what he does, but then also he's a sort of a true Porsche guy, like he owns a 356 Outlaw, a 7911 and a 964. Yeah, he's got a good selection. Um, so he's definitely somebody you could kind of hang with and talk to and um, learn a lot from. Yeah, um, I mean, he, we can't... He knows his stuff. Yeah, he obviously does. We can't share those images, but I, I think the things, the other thing I found interesting was I always wondered how you could put, you know, how uh, inserts in the seats would look, like whether it's tartan or pepita or whatever. We won't mm. say what John's done on this mm. car, but, you know, obviously mm. it can be done. He did it. Um, and it looks good. It actually looks good in those yeah. seats. It didn't look bad. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm not yeah, keen yeah, yeah. of having the fabric on the doors. I know he had it on the doors as well. That, that to me, I, I don't like that personally. I mean, that's personal choice. Mm-hmm. And obviously the stitch colour on that one that he, that he did wasn't, wasn't, you know, in my sort of style. But yep. it's interesting, though, how the, how the ducktail and the, you know, the Fuchs and that sort of, you know, and the fabric interior thing, how it is such a big thing, though, isn't it? It really is the trend at the moment that most people are adding a ducktail or they're adding Fuchs or they're yeah. putting Pepita inside. That, that is, everything's going back to that classic, classic look. And I guess... I guess you can call that like a 997 project car. Um, and the thing yeah. is, you know me, I'm a little bit OEM. I, I don't like to go too far away from it. But mm. sure. I don't know. I mean, would you do it? You know, if you found a 996 that was a bit, you know, not that great or a 997 that you could pick up cheap, I'd have to be a 996 now. I don't think it could be a 997. Even 996 is going to be hard. Would you just give it, hand it over to someone like John and just say, look, this is what I want and just get them to do it? Well, it's the full, yeah, like, um, I guess, you know, like when you think about the whole sort of resto mod kind of craze, like, well, obviously, like there's a ton of money being thrown at Singers and Theon Design and the Dutchman 964s, there's all of these kind of companies and they're sort of like what we think are older cars, but it's probably just kind of creeping into 964, uh, sorry, 996s and 997s, it's just all about the money really like if you've got enough cash because yeah. it's like that um csr one that is it rpm technic rpm technic and in the uk yes yeah henry catchpole henry catchpole did that pretty cool youtube video of the um 997 csr yeah, yeah. um i think he sort of said it in the video which is like um by the time you kind of do all of this you probably at um more money than the equivalent sort of gt3 so arguably you know like it, it it begs the question which one would you kind of have but i'm assuming that type of person probably has quite a few sort of porsches in the garage and if you've kind of gone um if you've kind of got quite a few in the garage and you're really that enthusiastic and interested it's like ah oh, playing with a 997 and like just going to town and making it look the way that you want sort of specking the performance bits, making the interior the way that you want it, would be pretty cool. It would be. And I think I think because, like you said, Singer and Gunther Works and all these companies, you know, what they're doing mm. to 993s and 964s is, is out of a lot of people's budget. It's way too expensive. Yeah. As good as they look, you're, you're looking at 500,000 US or, or even more, right? So mm. you have to have mm. 
money to, to, to spend on something like that. If you do a 997 or a 996 project car and you do it through, you know, like a local craftsman like John or through, you know, um, uh, Gary in Classic FX in UK, I think he does stuff like that. And if you do it through, you know, yeah. like Design LS, obviously the money you're going to spend is not going to be close to what you're spending on, on some full custom 964. So it becomes, mm. it's like you see the reference, you like the 964, you like the 993, you like the single, like the Gunther works, but you can actually do it at a, at a much less a lower cost for your 996 or 997. Mm. And I think that's where CSR yeah. have the market pretty, pretty sewn up in the UK. Because you look at their website, and I think their first car they did, Steve, was a Boxster. I think the very first car they did was a Boxster. Yeah. And then they did right. a 997. I read it earlier today. They did a 997 Carrera S. That was the second car they did. Um, but you know, you but they've can, done it to 996s before, haven't they? Yeah, and they've I done and they've done 996s. They a, yeah, they look. It looks pretty cool. Um, I think it's obviously a particular type of clientele. Um, so, like I sort of said before, I think if you're if you've kind of been through all of that and you were sort of looking for something to play with, um, if it's somebody like you or you or I, where we're completely non-mechanical and you're basically you're not you're never going to do all that sort of stuff yourself, but you just Correct. sort of want to customize something to your heart's content, um, it would be a hell of a lot of fun specking it and doing it. Yeah, and RPM Technic. I mean, you, if you go to someone like that, if you're in the UK, I don't think you can. I don't know how you do the parts if you weren't in the UK, um, but you can mm. do you know a couple of things, or you can do the whole the whole project car, you know what I mean? And sometimes they have the whole project car for sale. I notice they do 981 Boxsters as well, 981 um, Caymans as well. That could be an interesting mm -hmm. interesting upgrade with CSR if you had a 981 Cayman. Look, if you're in Australia though, if, if you're in Sydney and you kind of wanted to, you know, go to town on something like that, you can go to Auto House. They do project cars as well. Yeah, true. Um, I remember true. talking to them about sort of singers at one point and I'm not sort of saying that they were turning their nose up at, at all, but... They were just sort of saying, yeah, like it's a hell of a lot of money. And if you kind of asked us to kind of do a resto mod and um, sort of, you know, completely strip a car and sort of put like a really good engine in it, blah, 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 it might not cost as much as a singer. Um, well, see, that's a good thing. You know, you get Autohouse does the engine and does all the mechanical. You've got mm -hmm. John at Pro Stitch in Sydney that does all the interior. Exactly. And then you've got yeah. the bodyworks people. You've either got atlas motorworks in Artaman, or you've got yep. uh, ron goodman who a lot of people go to the ron goodman one yep. which i can't remember the name of his company so you actually have three exclusive really good three yeah exclusive exclusive auto works exclusive auto works yeah ron goodman uh, yep. which the listeners should check out his instagram because he has some great cars and i saw his cars when they're on display at porsche sydney south sydney um city south or whatever they call it um during the 70th yep. anniversary when i went there and i visited i did a video on it actually there's a video on youtube and a couple of his cars were actually there, a couple of his um, project cars, I guess, race cars. Yep, yep. Um, what else, Steve? It'd be fun to do, but you'd be, you'd be tipping a lot of money into it. Yeah, you'd have, to, you'd have to have a bit of a... You'd have to have a large budget, I think. You'd have to allocate a certain amount and just, just go with it. Um, but, you yep. know, there's a lot... Uh, you know, I think these things are good. I don't know if I want to do it to my only car. If it was another, if it was a second car, maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? I keep thinking it's a second car, yeah, to be fun, but I don't, I still want to have a 911 that's reasonably OEM, you know what I mean? But I think if you can have uh, two, maybe that's what you do where one is a little bit, you know, a bit outlaw, I guess it is an outlaw, really, project car, outlaw car. Yeah. You, like, if you go and pick up your whatever version of GT3 and you hang on to your 997, like, eventually, you know, you might kind of go, oh, like, mess around with it and sort of, you know customize it if you know that you just want to keep it 
Yeah, and I know you don't like Magnus Walker, but I'll just quote him again. I mean, I remember I was watching something that he was um, talking about, about his cars. Like some cars he does, you know, outlaws on them. Some cars he does a lot of rest, a lot of changes to it. But other cars he said he just mm. doesn't do anything. You know, like he's 64, 911, yep. he hasn't done anything. I think the GT2, he yep. didn't do anything except paint the wheels gold. You know, so it, it depends yep. on the car. And I think if you have the benefit of having a big collection, you know, you can have that that variety you know what i mean because you don't want to destroy yep. something which is you know so classic and so valuable and a guy in the uk um black betty um box and gas co i think it is at black betty his instagram handle i watched a video on him a live instagram and he said the same thing you know some cars he modifies and other cars he doesn't because of the value because of the pure value and yeah you know the classic you know the heritage of the car he doesn't want to sort of mess with it too much Oh, like I said before, I'm sure um, some people probably look at my car and go, what the hell have you done to that? You know, it's a, it's a very nice 997.1 GT3 and you've done all that. Before, it, so. before we get on to the shifter thing again, I just want to go back to the 997 mm. Sport Classic. And I don't know whether you yep. watched the video, but that live Instagram that Magnus Walker did with the head of um, Porsche Exclusive Manufacturer um, the, last mm. week. I didn't get he, to watch it. He was, sent it to me. It could be still on IGTV. He was talking to the guy, and the guy that who's in charge of it, his first project with Porsche exclusive, before it was called, I think it wasn't mm-hmm. even called Porsche exclusive then, was the Sport Classic, was the 997 Sport Classic. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I talked about this last week, but he was saying, you know, first thing was they made 250 cars, and, and the heads of Porsche were saying to him, they, they weren't even uh, confident that he'd be able to sell 250 of them, right? Because yep. Magnus Walker asked the question, how come he didn't make more? And he said, well, we're lucky to get 250 because they didn't think we could sell 250. And he said yeah. what, he, what his favorite thing about the car is, is the roof, how difficult the roof was to manufacture mm. on their production mm. line because of that, because of the shape. Like he said, the, the, the mm. shape of the roof. It's got a double and, bubble thing. Double yeah. bubble, yeah. And he said the other thing which he's happy about is he says that even though people can make a 997 look like a sport classic, the roof is mm-hmm. the bit which they cannot replicate exactly <laughs> yeah right. and i thought that was a good point right you have this one thing that is like it's you know it's significant enough that i think he was saying that the production line I, I'm, I'm testing my memory here that they actually had to carry it across from one thing to put it on the production line because the sport classic was made on the same production line as the 997s the special ones are made on the same production line and it was some kind yeah. of really complicated thing with that bubble roof because it wasn't you know it wasn't uh usual yeah. It was interesting. And that's the sort of thing that, um, like, true enthusiasts um, will sort of point out as well, and they'll be able to kind of spot, like, real anoraks will kind of realise the difference between all those sorts of features. But Yeah, um, and some people yeah. don't even know it exists. The roof is different. People don't even know that's, a, yeah. that's such a key feature. That is the key feature of that of that classic. I saw that car um, when I went to the Porsche Museum. Oh, it's did you? Cool. It's really cool, yeah. I've I was looking s- back at the photos and I found it. It's, wow. It's, um, very, very nice. The colour of it's kind of quite interesting too. Yeah. What is the colour of that mm. small classic? I can't even, It's a grey, right? I don't know. It's... One it's, of the greys. Yeah, it's like one of the battleship grey type things. Yeah, yeah. W- with the really subtle centre stripes. It's a beautiful car. I mean, there, you know, you could never get one now. God knows how much that... The last one that sold at auction, I think, sold for 700 US that I saw. That was the last one I saw, and I think that was about 18 months ago. So yes. I'd hate to think what they're worth now. What else, Steve? We're nearing the end of the podcast, I think, but we haven't, haven't covered. Talk, tell us about the carbon dilemma, the shifter dilemma. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I doing? Well, it's an update to a previous episode. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, as 
you may have seen on Michael's Instagram, I had the um, wooden shift knob that was sort of inspired by 917 Carrera GT. Um, what I like about it is that um, the sort of rod matches it because some of the other ones we've discussed this in previous previous podcast. Um, to my eyes, didn't look that great. So this carbon one looked really good. And then I don't know why. Oh, that's right. Because I'd put the um, the Pepita kind of inserts in, I sort of uh, thought that maybe it was all just a bit too kind of sort of hectic, like there's just way too much stuff kind of going on. And it sort of dawned on me that like maybe one of the ways of kind of pulling it back is to swap the actual kind of gear knob from the sort of multi-layered one to just a, um, like a darker sort of single kind of uh, timber what is it? Smoked oak. Smoked oak. oak. Smoked, smoked oak. oak. Yeah, the one you have is Which smoked oak. Which is just much oak. darker. The one you have is smoked oak and oak, and it's rings. If people go to Carbone. Antique oak. Yeah, antique yeah. oak and oak. And it's done, you can buy it at Carbone, but it's actually made by a guy called, I don't know his last name, Joel. Joel Kernersenko. Yeah, he's, he's the actual artisan that gets it made for Carbone. Um, but Steve found out so, something interesting, actually. So it was just. Um, Interested to see if I could just kind of buy, potentially just buy the knob and kind of, you know, swap them out because I'm an idiot. Um, but then um, just in, in talking to Joel, um, I discovered that also the, um, the rod itself, um, he actually kind of offers it in a couple of different finishes, including what I actually always originally wanted but I didn't think was possible was um, matte black. So Yeah, the matte black that would good. kind of... That would just kind of um, take some of the craziness away from the interior of my car. Well, the matte the matte black with the smoked oak shifter is actually a really nice mm. combination. Mm. You know, the solid smoked oak with that black is it looks really really good. Uh, I have to say, I think you should, you should get, get it. it mate. I think you should get it. <laughs> then I'll, then I'll borrow your okay. one. <laughs> yeah. I keep saying it because I actually. Uh, all, all the kind of gags aside, um, I do still actually think it's probably more suited to a silver Carrera than it is to like a right. white GT3 with a cage and all that sort of stuff in there. But mm. you know, I mean, I'm it's just kind probably of worth a try. Around. I mean, the thing is, if people want the black rod, uh, the black rod, they can't get it from Carbone. They have to go directly to um, well, to it's Joel, just right? not listed as an option. And I do, I did sort of ask um, them. At, at the beginning, but um, yeah, maybe it's a new update that um, Joel's kind of offering. So right. Anyway, tempted, very tempted. I think if you have a Porsche, you should check it out. They're they're pretty cool. They do look very very cool, and they're you know I guess they're semi expensive. I think they're f- sub four hundred euro. Right. They work out cheaper to be sent yep. to Australia. If you're somewhere that's uh, outside the EU, they they take the VAT off, the VAT off. Um, so it actually um, works out quite cheap. Or cheaper, yeah. Cheaper. Look, you know, um, I'm impressed with the quality of it. I actually think, like, um, when you kind of get it in your hands and everything, um, the craftsmanship of the kind of wood turning, um, the you know, like when you're kind of literally driving with it. I went for a quite a long drive today. Um, how come you didn't yeah, tell us about that? Huh? No, because uh, I went to see a mate and he lives out in oh, okay. Gural, so, so you went down the distance. windy the gorge. At- Dural and went down those windy no, roads? No, no, no. Oh. Nothing like that. Okay. Just a couple of freeways. Um, the problem with these shifters is, though, Steve, are you okay changing gears when you can't see the numbers on the top? 
I put in. I've gone from third to reverse, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> those of you who know those, Steve's shifter is so short. Like I'm not kidding. You look down at that shifter, and I've said this before in that video. I don't know how you know what gear you're in because I know when I'm in second or when I'm in third, but yours is sort of like always in the same position. It's got, it's so mm. short that it's very, very difficult get, to like, and if you don't have the thing on the top, you'd be going, where in the hell am I? What gear am I in? Well, they're all, I mean, it's obviously like they're all, it's a standard pattern. So you kind of know where you are, <laughs> but I'd reckon, I, I, I know you're sort of semi-joking, but you get into, um, what was it? S2000, I remember when I jumped into a friend's S2000, that, um, the spacing uh, in that gearbox is so tight that you're also kind of wondering exactly which gear you're in. It's very hard to kind of know if you're in third, first, or fifth. Right. That was a question um, I wanted to but, ask you, yeah. actually. Your numeric shifter you have, do you have the numeric cables as well? I can't yep. remember if you did or you didn't. Yeah, it went the whole hog. Oh, you um, do. So you have the full, the cables and the shifter. That's why it's so precise and so mechanical. Um, I have, well, I have no experience of just like uh, without the kind of cables. I did a lot of reading about it, but because um, some people, yeah, it's in, good. Mm, some people install it without the cables. They just use the cables, just the numeric shifter and the the cables that are already in the nine eleven. Yeah, because it mirrors um, in. Um, you can get like the factory cup car cables and when you read all the kind of comments um, again on Renlist um, apparently it introduces quite a bit of um, noise into your kind of cabin right. so there's a lot of um, rattling and whining sort of like transmission noise Sorry, but the numeric cables have a lot of adjustment don't they is that what it is mm, I again I because I'm non-mechanical I just got them to fit it and oh, right. haven't touched it <laughs> But um, no, I know order, no order amateur here. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be sticking a butter knife into anything. <laughs> All right, <laughs> maybe my toast. <laughs> okay, I don't think we'll. Uh, I don't think we have time for the other oh, things we're going to cool. chat about today. I think we will make this one a, a well, not short because we're at an hour almost. But I was going to talk about the steering wheel. Um, Steve is trying to get me to to do my wheel still because he hates my triangle wheel with a multifunction. Um, no, I do not. I just think that you would enjoy. <laughs> I think you would enjoy um, the joys of a nicely trimmed um, sort of steering wheel because I think it's just it's the interface. And like um, I am pro Alcantara, and I actually think it makes it sort of nicer. Even if you didn't go Alcantara and you want brand new leather, um, brand new non shiny leather with a little twelve o'clock marker is quite sweet. Yeah, and I think you're probably right. And I keep thinking, and I did, we did, I did chat about this with Nick in the Porsche Stories one because um, I think he's I also thinking about it. But I, I, I think maybe the triangle version to keep the triangle version and to buy the one off eBay. There's one for sale on eBay in Australia for like three hundred Australian dollars, like you said, and then mm. sent to the UK is about another hundred dollars Australian. And then if Linas does it, it's you know two hundred and eighty odd pounds probably plus VAT, so probably 350 pounds, um, to get it done in his, I think he calls them Porsche GT wheels. I saw an image on his Facebook. I have asked him about it and I asked him what would be the proper mm. cost and everything, um, but he hasn't responded, so I haven't. I don't have an answer yet. And then there's Royals yep. wheels in the um, UK as well, which someone said they've used Royal wheels and they, Royals, Royals, I think, yeah. And they sent Royal me a, wheels. yeah, Royal yep. steering wheels, and they sent me an image of their wheel, which looked pretty good. I think I may have sent it to you, Steve. Um, yeah. 
I've heard of them before, before you'd mentioned it. Like, um, there's a lot of places, because I think in the States, there's um, Dallas Custom Steering Wheels, and there's a guy in Poland, or there's a couple of guys in Poland, it's not the Carbone guys, but I know they do wheels as well, but um, yeah, there's when a guy you in sort France of troll the forums. Well. There's a guy in yeah, France there's all well. these people that kind of specifically kind of do wheels, and um, I've had a wheel done before badly, um, and it, you, you know, you get really disappointed, but... Um, there are people out there that do it obviously really well and it's just like out of factory and, you know, it's not going to cost you thousands like it would out of the factory, like a factory part. I guess my dilemma, my dilemma is, is that as much as it's a lower cost to get the triangle wheel, which is cheap mm. from that wrecker in Australia that came out of that, mm. whatever it came out of, 997 or yep. Boxster or whatever, same wheel, um, and to get yep. it done here in the UK, it's not going to cost mm. me that much money. You know what I mean? It's... You know, it's probably a thousand. relatively inexpensive. Yeah, it's probably like a thousand dollars Australian to get it done. But yep. do I spend the the extra money and actually get the sports wheel, the round wheel like yours, and yep. and get a new airbag, which is going to cost an absolute bomb, and do it properly? And the not- conundrum with that one is just the airbag because you have to buy the airbag in Australia because yes. um, you can't actually get one shipped, and then that's where all of a sudden you know you're up for whatever it is, it's probably going to be like two two thousand Australian dollars. Well I could buy the factory I could buy the factory wheel for thirteen hundred US from um, the, the one with marker. Factory US factory wheel for thirteen hundred US. Alcantara. But don't you need the airbag? But then still? you need to buy the airbag from Australia, which is probably two thousand. So you're probably looking close yeah. to four and a half thousand <laughs> fitted instead of one thousand Australian fitted. 1,000 Australian yeah, non-fitted, so probably like 1,300 Australian fitted. So it's a big difference in price, you know. It's a huge difference in price. Massive, yeah. huge difference, yeah. But I think if you're doing the wheel and you're doing it in Alcantara, I think it needs the center marker. I keep seeing ones without the center marker. They're on Royal Wheels, they have a few pictures of the 997 wheel. I think they might have a triangle one, actually, without the center marker. Mm-hmm. It looks a bit odd. And the black Alcantara looks way too dark. If anyone's thinking of doing it, make sure you get the right shade of Alcantara. The dark gray, which I think you recommended to me, Steve, is it's the fact out of the factory? It's yeah, dark, dark gray looks better black. than the black because they do black, but the dark gray is it's that shade lighter makes a big difference. The black looks too strong to me. It looks way too strong. If you want to go halfway house on the center thing, um, the center stripe, the marker, um, I think it's the GT current GT four or whatever. Um, it's stitched, so there might not physically be like a colored you know, piece in there, but there's sort of like a, a bit of stitching, um, to kind of show that, um, which, uh, is quite a classy kind of way of doing it. If you're not kind of going full sort of motorsport looking. What's that in the new GT4? Uh, yeah, GT4 and Spider, I think. Okay. I'll have a look Um, at that. Because my reference. And an Alcantara. Right. My reference was the 918 Spider because they have the black leather wheel. It either comes with the silver mm-hmm. marking or the lime green marking, and they also have it in Alcantara mm-hmm. with the silver marking or the lime green marking. So I, I just did a search yep. for that because I read somewhere on a forum that they had the silver marking. So I just that's that's the one I've seen like that. I don't know what other Porsches have the silver Is marking. Is that what you were thinking about? Like, I was thinking of silver marking. Like silver marker? But yep. it looks like plastic vinyl, the silver marker. It looks a bit, and with the Alcantara, it looks a bit odd. Like it seems like it's Alcantara, mm. but the silver marker is like a vinyl material. I don't know. What's yours? Isn't yours a painted yeah. painted marker? I can't tell. Um, so mine's a factory one, and you like. Yeah, but it looks better. Well, it's funny that you say that because, like, I think that was sort of probably 
was that maybe the first generation? Oh, they had a center strap in the 996 GD3 RS, I think. It 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 almost looks so dodgy that it's painted. But I kind of <laughs> like that. I kind of like it. It looks better, I think. Yeah. I don't think it is painted because I'm sure it would kind of wear and everything, but it has that sort of basic look to it. So Right. Yeah, All right. Anyway. Um, the only other thing we're going to talk about was the fire extinguisher. Did you want to touch on that? Um, I had a in, oh, yeah, okay. with Nick's one. He actually explained his fire extinguisher so other people could know how to do the Renline one. Um, so that's coming up on mm. Tuesday in the Porsche stories, um, Porsche owner stories. But you had that update about the fire extinguisher that you were talking about yeah, last sure. week. Um, it's just we were talking about fire extinguishers, and um, the, uh, I mumbled my way through it because I sort of mentioned that um, I'd read some stuff on Renlist. Um, and then it popped up on um, Pelican Parts. They had a sort of special for American Labor Day. Um, so the brand in, in the States is Element um, Fire Extinguisher. You can't get it in Australia, so the equivalent here, I'd sort of just to kind of clarify it, is called Fire Striker, which is actually made in Italy. Um, and like I sort of said in previous podcast, um, it's it looks more like a flare, like, you know, when you get stranded on your desert island. <laughs> Um, it's an aluminium kind of tube and you pull one end off of it off, um, which ignites it. And then it's, um, it's a potassium aerosol. And basically it just sort of says that it'll last like a hundred seconds. So what's that? Like a minute and a half. Yeah. More than a minute and a half, which I think when I was reading up on that Renlist thing was saying that it's, that's actually quite a bit longer than say like a one kilo, um, extinguisher. Oh, really? They only last that long, a one kilo extinguisher. Yeah, they don't last very long. Is that long, enough so to put like, a car um, fire out, an engine fire? And that's exactly what some of the kind of commentary was. Um, so when I, I, I looked this up, if you're an Australian and you're kind of curious, then you can go and get it from um, ARB four-wheel drive centres because right. um, they stock them. And then... Um, you should just buy one to have in your car. Well, the other, sorry, the last bit was that, um, you know, you're talking about the cool... Renline-ish bracket. I don't know what Nick yep. kind of had. Yeah, um, the aluminium one is very nice, very nice detail. You can, um, if you look up, there's a dude um, worldwide called the Bracketeer. Right. Um, he makes brackets, and I think you could um, use one of his things with okay. um, either the element or the fire striker thing, and it's the same same concept. It will um, attach to the seat rails under the passenger or driver seat and all that sort of thing. Okay, I guess. People so if are you're re- going to mm. Yeah, sorry, if you were going to go down the path of this sort of slightly more new age type um, fire extinguisher, it certainly doesn't look as kind of cool as like a sort of motorsporty type thing, but sounded like the effectiveness might be um, possibly better. I don't, I don't know. I'm no expert. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it yeah. takes a lot of research, doesn't it, really? Um, but if anyone yeah. wants to know about the fire extinguisher that Steve's got or what he's talking about, um, just send me a DM and I can send more information if Steve has it. Because um, I know I some don't people. Have it. <laughs> I'll send the links. I, I, I'll send the links. I, just to clarify, I don't have it. I was just reading about it, and I just sort of knew that I'd kind of fumbled my way through it when I sort of spoke about it. No, so I'd uh, clarify. With regards to the Renline bracket, the Renline bracket is very nice. Uh, Nick will explain mm. it in the podcast coming up on Tuesday, um, and it's quite difficult mm. to find the right fire extinguisher for it. Here is a limited selection, oh, okay. and because, as we know, we can't you can't post fire extinguishers, so you can't buy one from the US, or you can't send it from the UK to Australia. Um, it's not possible. Um, but I think the cost of the Renline one, when it's I was expensive. doing the putting all the prices together of the plastic uh, factory 
997 fire extinguisher mount and holder. Yep. I think it was almost close yep. to 400 pounds from Design 911 when all the parts were put together because the guy, I told you, the career right gave me the details. I think Nick said that's yep. about what he paid for his, maybe a bit more. So, you know, for the quality of materials and the look of it, I mean, obviously the Renline one yep. looks really cool because it's got the circles and it's al- aluminium yep. and it's, you know, machined very beautifully. Um, yep. You know, it's, and apparently it's very easy to install under your seat. You know what I mean? His mechanic did it, so it's, yep. it's quite easy to install. Um, but anyway, that's fire extinguishers. Huh? Are you tempted? I don't know. I'm tempted for a lot of things. I've got to do have priority. <laughs> All I want to do is get back to my car, you know? The Australian government is just locking <laughs> yeah. Australian citizens out, and I tell you, I should make this podcast political and talk about that, but I won't. <laughs> uh, it's getting a lot of news coverage. What? It's getting a lot of news coverage. They're talking about sending military planes, like the opposition is sort of suggesting that they send um, RAAF planes to kind of um, mm. bring Australians home. I have mentioned, uh, I did mention it, but uh, the Australian government apparently someone needed help overseas because they were stranded and they said you should go to a homeless shelter. Yeah, I've read that. Did That's you read terrible. that? That is just absolutely terrible. Yeah. What has happened? You know, you've got to look after your people in these times and it's just like people are just being left stranded. Anyway, yeah. that's another story. I think that's it for today. Steve, have you got yeah, any, cool. anything else you want to talk about? Nope. I think we got through most... in the podcast. Mm. I'm talking over you, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, we have a couple of other things we want to talk about, but we're going to leave that to another episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is a Portugal podcast. As you know, I'm Michael Bath. That was Steve, GT Steve on Instagram, right, Steve? If, if I must, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> All right. So uh, you're listening to this episode. Uh, don't forget to uh, take a listen of the um, next episode, which is on Tuesday, which is the Porsche, like I said, the Porsche owner stories with Nick. That's the first one, number one. Um, so that will be up on Tuesday on podcast, on podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, everywhere else. Thanks, Steve. Colin, I'll um, speak to you soon. Have a good week. Yep, you too. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. (laughs)